This podcast is brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. BankInfoSecurity.com is your source for the news and views shaping security and risk management within the finance space. Protecting consumer information through authentication and fraud prevention technology. What one institution is doing to track fraudulent online banking activity and comply with the new FFIEC guidance. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. I'm here today with Ian Harper, Vice President of Technical Services at Pentagon Federal Credit Union, who shares his thoughts about emerging threats and steps every institution should be taking to enhance online security. Ian, before we get started, could you give our audience a little background about your institution, such as asset size, geographic footprint, and member base? Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity to discuss our views on this topic. Uh, Pentagon Federal Credit Union serves over 1 million members, primarily in the armed forces, civilian agencies, and defense-related companies, and members supporting the United States military in general. Uh, our membership is located worldwide, and we support them primarily through our online channel, also through our telephone services and branch locations within the United States and overseas. We manage about $15 billion of assets. And about how many members did you say that you have? We have over a million members. And so... When we look at the new FFIEC guidance, Ian, complying with the guidance, of course, is a priority for institutions that have commercial customers. But what about Pentagon FCU and other credit unions whose primary memberships basically comprise consumers, not commercial clients? What priorities do you see when it comes to ensuring that you're complying with the new FFIEC guidelines? Well, the FFIEC guidance has components that apply specifically to commercial institutions and basically reducing the incidence of fraud. Uh, one of the key areas of the guidance is to enhance authentication, uh, which gives us the ability to provide online banking um, authentication and security in a manner that helps focus on keeping up with the, the threats within cyberspace. It's no secret that criminals and criminal organizations and, and state actors are involved in using the Internet to further their, further their various aims, um, in particular fraud, has exploded on the internet and this fraud costs consumers in a very direct and a very major way. As a low-cost, high-value provider, uh, PenFed consistently is looking at how we can fight fraud and make sure that we're providing the protection necessary to drive that value through reduced losses, which then drives the member value. As for the priorities of the FFIEC regulation, it's clear from the regulations that uh, that the financial institutions must continue to develop the risk management process beyond where we sit today, including both technical and procedure methods to secure the systems and to protect their, um, the consumer's interests. Secondly, financial institutions must focus their controls um, based on the risk of fraud within the transaction. It's not good enough now to have the consumer log on and assume that that single log on will protect the consumer from fraud. Uh, the banking application must consistently be on the lookout for any suspicious activity and make security decisions uh, during that session to make sure that the, the, consumer's, the consumer's security is protected. Thirdly, the bank's electronic banking controls need to integrate in a, into a layered security program outside of just the electronic banking and just the technology components, but also into the overall fraud uh, and, and protection mechanism that the, that the financial institution maintains. And then finally, the program has to incorporate um, consumer information uh, that allows the consumer to play an integral part in securing their own information. 
And the, the prioritization for PenFed has always been to identify and integrate the most effective capabilities and to provide the, the, the strongest security we possibly can on the banking platform. And the FFIEC regulations don't really change that for us. It, it, rather, we look at it as a milepost that, that helps us to, to keep our bearings on, on our commitment to the membership in protecting their information and their, and their uh, finances. And so, Ian, how is PenFed currently addressing risk assessment? Like, how are you ensuring that you're filling these proverbial security gaps now and into the future? We actually consistently assess risk with all of our systems, whether it's electronic banking or core financial systems or mortgage uh, origination and delivery systems. Uh, as part of the assessment, we have internal staff that's dedicated to assessing and managing the security of all of the systems that we have. Uh, security is one of the top priorities of management, and the mitigation of vulnerabilities is a regularly discussed topic at the top level of our management. And so it sounds like risk assessment basically is going to continue. The emergence of this new guidance hasn't really changed the way the credit union focuses on risk assessments. Is that right? Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. It gives one more straw to give weight to the argument that, that we do need to continue that risk assessment process and that it needs to be involved from top down within the credit union. Again, we're, we're already doing that. This is just one more voice in the, in the chorus to, to keep us on that path. And I wanted to ask you, Ian, what unique security and or fraud prevention challenges do you see facing credit unions that might not necessarily be issues banks deal with? Well, I'm not sure that I see a, a, a wide difference between the, um, the, the, the banks and the credit unions, primarily um, when we're dealing with consumer finances, the, the risks are going to generally be the same. Um, in some cases, though, because credit unions oftentimes are smaller on average than the typical commercial banks, many times they do not have the, the financial capability to implement many of the controls that the larger, larger organizations can do. But that's, that's, you're also going to see that variance between the, the larger and smaller credit unions. Our membership many times faces pressures that many other consumer groups may not. Many of our memberships are forward deployed to the front lines, and we, we believe that they shouldn't really have to worry about the security of their finances. Uh, we, we take special care to try to make sure that we're looking out for their financial security on the home front while they look out for our national security. But on the whole, I don't know that there's a significant difference between the, the banks and the credit unions in this regard. And then when it comes to layered security, and you've touched on this a little bit, I'd like to get some specific information about what PinFed is doing, and maybe that can shed some light on what other institutions should be doing to follow your lead. When it comes to online security and user authentication, how are these falling into a layered security approach? Absolutely. We, we have a layered approach, and, and this, this approach has been in, in place and, and built on for about 20 years, and, and we consistently are looking at ways to upgrade that uh, we work heavily to try to make sure that we've got um, controls on the front end of the platforms where the, the consumer is interfacing with the financial institution. Uh, we've got a multi-step process in that area to try to identify potential suspicious activities. We use very sophisticated systems that look for potential fraudulent activity that look for anomalies within uh, the session, both from a technical standpoint, but also from a transactional standpoint, to try to identify where we might be seeing fraud. Those systems are actually updated um, both with what our fraud group identifies as potential fraudulent activities, 
and, and the activities that confirmed fraud has taken so that we can start to identify when we see those patterns of, of activity, we can start to identify more early in the process that we may have a, a fraudulent transaction. From the back-end system process, we're constantly looking for um, activities that are happening, whether, whether it be originating from our electronic banking or our other systems. But then we also use some services um, outside of the credit union looking for uh, potential fraudulent activity. Uh, these services go and look at some of the uh, internet chat rooms that the fraudsters are using and try to identify where we already have compromised information. So with some of these um, keystroke logging and, um, and Trojan horse applications, we're actually we're employing a, a fraud service that goes out and hunts for any of those credentials that may have been compromised for PenFed members. And we actually, in many cases, are the first ones to notify the, the consumer. And that's such a good point that you make there, Ian, because oftentimes we found that it's the consumer that actually notifies the financial institution of fraud. Um, and that's obviously not anything that helps to enhance the confidence that consumers have in the financial relationship. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about member education and maybe acceptance of some of these heightened online security measures. It's a fine line between enhanced security and then impeding member convenience. How do you balance the two? Absolutely, and balance is, is the term that I was going to use. Balancing the, the need for security, but the ability for a consumer to carry out those transactions that they, that they intend to carry out is really where we, it's the struggle that we live with every day. But it's a good struggle. It's, it's one where we're constantly reevaluating and trying to determine what controls we can put in place, but also uh, gives us the, the, the uh, framework for building out better controls. Part of, part of this, this effort, there, there are a couple different pieces that, that are part of this effort. Uh, the first piece is the identification of technologies that are, that are applicable to what we're trying to accomplish. And then it's the application of those technologies in a way that, that allows a member to use that, that component effectively. And there are no shortage of technologies out there that claim to, to be able to solve the problem. The issue really is, are the consumers ready to, to implement those capabilities? And, and when you look at the FFIEC guidance, that guidance helps us to establish that baseline because the FFIEC and the, the NCUA and the other regulatory um, institutions that are asking banks to implement these controls are setting the basic bare minimum that consumers will have to live with, meaning that the consumers are going to, ha are going to see these new technologies come into place, these new ways of providing security. Um, and so as they see this more and more, it becomes more and more acceptable and I wanted to ask a little bit about out-of-band authentication and leaning on the mobile channel for text messaging or another way to just enhance the authentication of online transactions. Is there any interest on PinFed side to use the mobile channel in this way? Absolutely. Uh, we have actually had a program in place, and, and we're continuing to move forward with that. We are updating our, our online presence um, here in the, in the last quarter of this year. And as part of that, you will see an a, a, an out-of-band uh, mechanism in place. Um, what exactly, which messaging functions uh, we'll use is going to be primarily dependent on the membership and, and the membership requirements. 
using out of band, for instance, text messages to mobile um, mobile platforms is a way of accomplishing that. Um, one of the issues that we run into uh, with our membership is that not all of our membership have uh, mobile phones. So we're looking into some other capabilities, for instance, uh, integrated voice response systems that allow us to uh, provide that verbally to, to the membership. But absolutely, you're, you're going to see with PenFed a fully integrated uh, out-of-band authentication mechanism, and uh, that's going to be ramping up here at the end of the year, and uh, we're going to continue moving forward and integrating that overall. And you've talked a little bit about emerging threats, and I'd like to go ahead and expand on that conversation a bit in the context of risk assessments. What types of threats are you focusing on? And when we talk about threats, what types of threats are you looking at on the online channel and the mobile channel? Absolutely. Looking at the, um, the sophistication of the attacks now, the, the, the actual specific, the, the specific attacks today are very little different than those attacks that we that we typically need to deal with, and, and the threat actors, while they while they've emerged and, and and how they do the the attacks that they perform is a little bit different. The actual actors and the and the motivations behind these attacks, generally speaking, are, are relatively the same, but the sophistication of these attacks are growing at an exponential pace. Um, where before you had um, a very small cadre of sophisticated attackers, now we have criminal organizations being stood up directly focusing on internet and electronic banking, um, both from the perspective of trying to take advantage of consumer credentials, but also trying to take advantage of weaknesses within, within the financial institution environment. And they are now becoming so sophisticated that they have organized groups that are specifically targeted for specific types of financial institutions, specific technologies within financial institutions, and specific functions within the fraud enterprise. And then when it comes to looking at some of these emerging threats or these ongoing threats, as you've noted, how are your fraud and security teams aligned? How are they working together? And what steps are you taking to ensure that you're addressing these issues in tandem now and in the future? We actually work as an integrated team. And the, the financial fraud area and the IT uh, security area really are extensions of the other. The electronic banking security, as well as all of the security within our various systems, is now a major component of how um, fraudsters are attempting to attack the credit union. And before we close, Ian, what final thoughts about online security and compliance with the new FFIEC guidance generally would you like to leave our audience with? I think one of the primary areas that I'd like to speak to is the fact that regulations and standards similar to the FFIEC guidance are only really one aspect of the issue. Uh, we face a broad threat across the board, and, and each consumer has to understand that their part in protecting both their own finances and the financial infrastructure together is a very large part. FFIEC guidance provides a tool set that gives the consumers the ability to, to um, react in, in this area. The fraud and the criminal uh, enterprise on the Internet is is one of the seminal societal problems that, that this future, that this generation and future generations must tackle, and it's going to define um, how financial institutions and society overall is going to work in the future. Ian, I'd like to thank you again for your time today. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the opportunity to share our views.
Again, we've just heard from Ian Harper of PenFed Credit Union in Alexandria, Virginia. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Hinton. This podcast has been brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.BankInfoSecurity.com.